0: Hey, this is Russell, and I'm pretty sure I have one of the greatest jobs in the world. I work at the video store, the one that's just down the road from you that you can go to once a week whenever it is movie night. Why I love this job is because when the store is quiet, I get to watch movies and series and talk about them with my friends that work here. But interesting people also pop in to rent something, and that is what happened today. My good friend Samantha Nell, the film director, popped in, and it was just so great catching up with her. You can see... From the chat that we go way back And she has always been that friend That is deserving of all the success that she's getting Her first feature film is called Do Your Worst And it is coming to Netflix this Friday Friday the 10th of March I'm so excited and it was so great to have this moment with her So let's open up shop This is Samantha Nell popping in to rent something
1: Did you see that thing? Today on the TV, it was ready, 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 ready.
0: how's it, Sam?
1: How's it, Russell?
0: It's so good to finally have you. No. We've, um, we tried about two or three different times to make this happen, work, and I think. It probably best embodies something I've always felt about you, which is that you're very hardworking.
1: Or deeply unreliable. No, no, no. (laughs) Two ways to read that, Russell.
0: (laughs) No. Literally from the moment we started working at Varsity, like so the latter part, Mm. when projects and films and things were done, you were definitely one of those people that I observed in my friend circle that did the extra mile, and and from then on, I've considered you always busy.
1: Uh, to my detriment, uh, it is very, very true. I, I joke about being unreliable, but I am, to my detriment, uh, I don't know how to do things half, half speed. <laughs> yeah, and it's one of those things that in
0: film school become this huge revelation, at least it was for me, where we were at a humble film school, Vitz TV, you know, it it was very good in many ways, mm. somewhat limited in some ways. But, you know, you kind of you, you come to learn the, the good and the bad. But for the most part, the limit was really only in our head in yeah. the sense that they provided these cameras and these lights. And your average film student probably goes, well, I've only got a set of redheads, yeah. so I can only make this kind of film. And then you meet your friends from NYU. And yeah. I know you were also a part of those kinds of friendships where Vitz had a relationship with uh, new york university and we were lucky enough to meet lots of amazing people over the years
1: yeah it was the joy of every year was which batch of nyu students were we gonna get
0: yeah and one of them would say something like oh i'm working like three jobs to pay for more things for my student film yeah and you're like oh oh (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's how it's done.
1: <laughs> this was pre Kickstarter. This yeah. was pre
0: any of that. But it's just showed you like, oh, the limits are only in your head. Really? Like if you want to take this thing further, if you want to really go for it. And but, and yeah, and, and you just to touch on a few touch points, is you uh were a part of that exchange programme that I also did, which was
1: The Finland. The one. Finland yes. One. Uh, and,
0: which was we uh had to make documentary films. Um a group of Finnish students would come to South Africa for a few months and we'd make a film here and then we'd go to Finland. Yeah. So it's quite cool that you and I shared this experience, although it was at different years and it was probably vastly different from each other's experiences, but we kind of have the same
1: I think we have a lot of like similar part. I think like uh, it's you for me at university were always someone because you you yourself are someone who's like a go-getter, a a doer, uh, like you were always like doing like design projects or photography projects or like there was always like a thing that was happening and I was like I want to do that
0: <laughs> lovely well that's <laughs> it's that's very cool yeah
1: so but we had a, a, very much a similar path which is kind of a nice it's it's nice as well to have gone from there to where we are now and look at how far apart that path has kind of gone but also how parallel yeah. well
0: where you are right now And um, we actually didn't talk about this before hitting record. But my plan is to release this episode in the week, building up to your big debut. (laughs) My
1: my limited marketing budget, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) you.
0: So um, we are at this point now where I believe this is your first feature film.
1: This is my first feature film, yeah.
0: And it is going to be on Netflix. It is. Um. In the week of this recording, this coming Friday, so Friday the tenth of March of March. Yeah. Okay, and we're going to get into this film and we're going to talk about it because I have seen it. Yeah, and um, I'm so glad. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was we were really lucky enough to host a um, cast and crew um, screening of it at the Bioscope. and um, I, I obviously had the file in my possession, so yeah, yeah. I, I made a point of watching it, and I, and I was very happy for you and I was very impressed and proud you. of you um and we're gonna get into it but it's a lovely romantic comedy it's a buddy film funny enough it, more more than a romantic comedy it, we spoke about this
1: yeah it walks the line between the two because I mean it came to me as a, we will we'll dive into it in in depth but it came to me as a script rather than something that I originated which has been my way up until now yeah and uh and it came to me that, I was looking. I wasn't looking to do a romantic comedy, but what was interesting about the script was it had the potential to kind of bend the genre a little bit. In that, there are romances for the two lead uh, actresses, the two lead characters. Yeah. But the ultimate romance of that that entire film is the platonic friendship. Like that's the lead romantic comedy storyline.
0: Yeah. So uh, the, the 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 sort of quick back of the box is it's about these these two women. Mm. each at sort of quite different points in their life. And it's their friendship as things get a bit messy.
1: (laughs) Uh, The film is
0: called Do Your Worst.
1: yeah, Which we encourage you to do at all points
0: while watching it. And it's it's great. It stars the woman from Lioness.
1: Yeah, Shannon Ezra from Lioness and Still Breathing and uh, Kate Licorice from Queen Sono and also Still Breathing.
0: Is her surname really Licorice?
1: I've always been too afraid to ask. (laughs) Okay, we'll try and get (laughs) to the
0: bottom of it. But I mean, that's quite a surname. Yeah. Um, But sorry, the woman from Lioness is? Shannon Ezra. Shannon Ezra. Mm. Is she um, normally, like, Lioness is quite a serious show. Yeah. So she really shows her comedic side in this.
1: Absolutely. So, and and that was part of, it was an interesting thing again, coming to the project, because I think uh, to a degree what, people were expecting and were pushing it to be was quite a broad kind of comedy, quite a sort of, not slapstick, but more in that kind of laugh out loud vein. Yeah. And again, I wasn't looking to do romantic comedy, but I mean, this, this opportunity came to me and I said, I, I would love to pitch what I think it can be. Yeah. And, and my answer to what I think it can be is I have never seen South Africans in a grounded comedy in a comedy that makes us feel like real people and not like clowns. You know?
0: Okay. What do you, sorry. What do you mean by grounded?
1: So, so that uh, that the comedy isn't sort of generated through like actors who are sort of actively being funny at you, yeah. But that the humour is generated entirely through your empathic relationship to the the characters. So, so yeah. your laughter comes from to a lot of a degree in this film your discomfort for them or with them rather yeah. than laughing at them.
0: Yeah, I get that, and and I thought you. When I was watching the film, I thought it's it can be very easy to fake not fake your way. It can be very easy to navigate your way through like drama, through seriousness. Oh yeah. Um, as a filmmaker, and perhaps as a first-time feature filmmaker, and, oh. and you know we all know where that can go right and where that can go wrong. But um, and maybe you can get away with making something dramatic and, and it's in the name of drama yeah but comedy
1: <laughs> is it.
0: is fucking hard it's so hard no because it's tra- so hard to act it's so hard to write and then it and then where i think south africa or perhaps let's just call it a a, a more kind of underdeveloped film industry one that doesn't have this like practice yeah. of banging these things out you know in a tradition of, of making them um You've got to be able to make those funny people funny then and there in the moment, yeah, because you often hear about like remember there were those crazy monkey movies, mm. and like often these 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 people can be very funny in real life, yeah, and then it, the movie's lame, yeah, like it can often just not land, and everyone's like, but he's so funny in real life, <laughs> so it's like that's a that's a tricky one, eh,
1: no, it's super tricky, and I mean and I thought
0: you nailed it, I thought you nailed that, Thank I was you. like this This is great, yeah, um the writing was good. I know that Sonia was involved in the writing Sonia
1: Gera and Zoe Laband band uh, uh, have this story they uh, i don 't know don't zoe know. so zoe 's the, the screenwriter um, and then so Zoe wrote the script, but the story came from sonya and and zoe together.
0: sonia i 've dealt with, so Sonia is a lovely woman who is very proudly <laughs> very Portuguese Yeah. And um, has done a few stage shows, mm. uh, which I were very them, popular, yeah. called Pora, where it was obviously poking fun at what it means to be a South African Portuguese person. Um, and she's a very funny person. Very. And so it was great to see her name in the credits and see that she was involved in the, in the writing because yeah. she's very smart. And I knew immediately when, so, so just to share one moment, is yeah. when we were just testing the file ahead of the <laughs> screening and within the first ten minutes you hear you hear the C word.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do, it's a we, can swear, we
0: can swear on the show, but I don't necessarily even like to say the word out loud. <laughs> but the moment these two women were using this word to each other, I thought, well done, Sam. Like <laughs> well done. Because I I love the unfilteredness yeah. of it. And there's something bold about that. And South Africa tends to shy away from mm. That it tends to filter themselves and...
1: Yeah. Which is interesting. We tend to filter ourselves in sort of fantasy and narrati- narrative, but uh, but not in life. Yeah. <laughs> like in life, we're like out there swearing at each other. I, I promise not to say it on the show.
0: No, but we can swear <laughs> on this show. No, no, yeah. no, totally. And, and and that's what... that's that's I've wanted to have the same spirit in yeah. the video store where it's like, I'm going to try and give an unfiltered experience because what generally makes a good podcast i think is when the people involved are quite unfiltered and you are getting a authentic version of of themselves and they're not sort of doing this kind of prim and proper oh no uh, you know chat
1: i've never been able to so so you yeah. i don't know how but i actually want to go back to something you're talking about about comedy because i think it's an it's an interesting conversation to have especially yeah. in our context if that's a, if that's all right yeah no good um so the interesting thing for me as a person who's always gravitated towards comedy is like the thing that makes it hard is the thing that appeals to me, which okay. is, which is to say what you're describing with dramas, you can get away with a lot because it's all shades of gray. Yeah. You, you're not, you're never hundred percent sure if the film worked for everyone. Yeah. Because how would you know? Yeah. <laughs> there's no, there's no experiential yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. Whereas like as hard as it is to get a laugh, if you get one, it worked. Yeah, like that is cool. Ching done. Like we we made the people laugh. We were all there. Yeah, you know.
0: And was that bioscope screening one of the first chances you had?
1: Yeah, I mean, we'd had internal screenings before that, which is always hard because it's people who've not only seen the film but have an expectation of the film. Yeah, and and unless it's an expectation created inside the film, expectation is the death of comedy. It really is. Like, you mean you know, knowing the joke's coming, knowing the joke is coming. You're like because yeah. you you're getting you're getting like. Huh where there should be a laugh, you know, yeah. and that's, it's like very unsettling. <laughs> yes. I, like, cause I know mechanically it works, like just from a, you know, rhythm, like the old, like I know yeah. that that works uh, and I know where the laugh should be. So to, to just be in a room with five people going, huh, yeah. is very, very unsettling.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: so then that, that screening was, it was for me, I mean, I went in, again, knowing mechanically that I think that I I felt strong about the film, but came out going like, (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) and
0: and so my hope is that because this film is a little edgier, a little more unfiltered, Mm -hmm. um, Netflix might not get 100% behind it from the start. Mm -hmm. They've commissioned it. It's their film.
1: 100%, yeah.
0: It's Pretty their so. film, but this is what's interesting about the way in which these streamers work. They often don't champion them at the start, mm. but I've got a feeling that if this film just appears, yeah, it's going to hopefully be this kind of sleeper hit in the sense that it will, that's the term for those films that sort of grow quite organically. Mm. And I've got a feeling that there is a big enough South African audience that have Netflix mm that are in this kind of position Mm. Um, because, you know, it's not set in a hut out in rural Africa. Like it's in the sort of throes of Joburg, driving SUVs. Swearing um, at each other. Swearing at each other. Um, Um, I love that there's that great little like nod to being a, bleeding heart liberal in melville
1: and, uh, and i was
0: like that was me baby <laughs> yeah. like i saw myself there like talking shit till fucking whatever hour of the night hundred percent. so hopefully enough people see that and then and then the authenticism, if that's the noun i will make it up as we go along the way um the authentic the authenticity yeah. of the of the film will shine through and i'm confident that people will 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 be watching it
1: no i i, I also think i mean it, it's again it's you never know until you give it away to the audience yeah um which is the fun and hard part about what what we do yeah it's like it's like you can spend you know what that process for this has been two years which is very short considering okay um and uh and now it's in a space where i like just want to give it away and find out but, yeah. like, you spend all of that time working and crafting and all of that stuff. And ultimately, like, the thing I always say is that the film doesn't exist until the audience is watching it. Like, there's the thing that happens on the screen, but, yeah. and there's the person sitting here, and the film is somewhere between those two things. Oh, that's a lovely that's way of like, looking at it. Because otherwise, like, if no one's watching it, I'm, it shouldn't. It's yeah, nothing, and the, and the same,
0: know? very much the same can go for music.
1: Yeah. But um, but to say, and what was interesting about that screening and the gift of that screening was that people came you know like we had little review cards for people because we wanted to collect little tidbits for our social media and stuff yeah and uh, and the words that we wanted to come out just kept coming out which was authenticity like it, the the general feeling of people not just laughing but also recognizing themselves or people that they know yeah through the ninety minutes of our film is joyful. And it, that's what I wanted when I, when we talked about grounded. Yeah, it's you recognize those characters; they don't feel alien.
0: Yeah, and in that groundedness, in that recognizing, it works because it's a nice small story. Mm. And I think that's where so often South African film goes wrong. Yeah, and and just the intention is is perhaps just misstepped because mm. so often you you think so grandiose and you think so big or you think so vast, and that's great. I really wish that. Writers and filmmakers could, could, could go there mm. But people forget the millions of dollars that it takes to go there oh, and, totally. and what's really special And I'll never forget this moment And I'm sure you maybe even got the same thing at, at VIT, Is we once watched um, Sideways
1: Yeah The I I love Alexander Payne yeah. film
0: And the screenwriting lecturer said This could have been done in Cape Town Yeah It's a wine region Two buddies Before mm. the one guy gets married and life is kind of falling apart mm. and in a way your film is is very similar very where it's sim- just about two women at a time in their life where the one is hasn't kind of figured her life out mm. you know the other one is quite rock solid but how solid is her life
1: uh, it's solid on the top but the The, top, f- the but foundation's shaky as it
0: And needs that kind of yeah just needs that sort of reinvigoration in her life yeah um uh,
1: well, and and that's kind of i think Again, it's it's funny. It's like you know, the the gift of the rom com is that like nine out of ten of them are people in rooms talking. Like as a genre, yeah. As a genre that is achievable within the time and the money that we had, which by the way was eighteen days. We shot that film yeah. in eighteen days. Okay, but yeah, yeah. yeah, um, you know, you can start to build something around that. Like, yes, you can do a sci fi film in that time, but it's yeah. a very specific kind of sci fi. You start doing something like Primer, and that's amazing. But yeah. like, and so it's it's. You know, for me, filmmaking is—it is a wonderful art form, but it's also an art film that I need sixty people to get out of bed at five yeah. in the morning to come and help me do. Like, yeah. I can't sit by myself, and and those sixty people have salaries and 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 all that comes with it. Yeah.
0: So, so. And in the case of South Africa, often like other jobs and other things yeah. that they've got to navigate. Exactly. Where something like this could be a little bit of a side hustle.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And and so and so. What uh, the sort of the the setup that we the decisions we made for ourselves early was, we understand that we're shooting this in eighteen days. The goal is to figure out beforehand in the planning what is the best film we can make in eighteen days. What is the best version of this film we can make in eighteen days, and not try and shoot a twenty-five day movie yeah. in eighteen days. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's not possible, and no, that's where you fall down. Totally. And and I'll never forget. There's a film which will
0: obviously remain nameless. Where when I watched it, I was like, wait, who's that? Wait, wh- why is he? Why do they do that? Mm. And then when I asked the guy involved, and I was like, why did they do that at mm. the end? And he was like, and he tried to sort of explain himself and sort of said it in so many words that kind of revealed exactly what you said, where they said like, oh, he said, oh, you know, we didn't have time to shoot it, this or that. And mm. and I was like, okay, so it, it ended up still being a great movie. Mm. So I'm not trying to bash the movie, but there were certain moments where it was like, Oh, you cl- you clearly understand what's going yeah. on. It's all in your head, yeah. but you've lost this objectivity, and you can't necessarily make it out and, and get it across to people, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. But you've just touched on what was one of the most pivotal things I learned in film school yeah. in four years. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing how like one sentence can penetrate, <laughs> and four years of theory people. can fall out the window. Yeah. But it was Taku. Do you remember Taku? I love Taku. Who was an incredible lecturer A a, a Finnish person Head of our school yeah, Head of our school And they said A good director knows their limits Yeah From budget Knowing you can't have a crane shot So don't imagine that in your head Down to How long can that actress be in the water Before she's going to give you a shit performance Because she's cold Or stab you (laughs) <laughs> and so that's great. That's lovely that you went into that yeah. and and did that because that's that's lovely. Have you seen um, just to speak a little bit about what we're watching? Because mm. that is a big part of the video store. As mm. much as I want to keep coming back to do your worst, um, have you seen your place or mine?
1: No, not yet. No, not okay, yet. I it? did. See, I did see. Twitter had a fun with the uh, press. The press photos of Ashton Kutcher and Reese Witherspoon. Uh, How that, so? The, um, Twitter was. Like, They're just standing next to each other, and Twitter was like where's the chemistry <laughs> which is right. they're just two ordinary people standing next to each other yeah. it's fine but but twitter had a lull and kept posting them against them. Um,
0: well i would argue that that sounds about right having <laughs> watched it i watched it last night it was uh, perfectly timed around valentine's yeah and um it I, i'd be curious to know your thoughts I'll have a chance. i think you should watch it because it's harmless yeah and and perfectly fine i need this in my but, life but um What's so great? Even my girlfriend Leslie, who is not a film critic, yeah. and and doesn't necessarily have the toolkit for film language, um, and is very much very mainstream. Even, <laughs> even her at the end, goes, well, it's not going to win any Oscars, but <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I, just, <laughs> and I was like, that's so lovely that it, it's not great, and and in many ways, it's very on the nose, yeah, and I, I, I'm sure you'd, you'd you'd you'll cringe a bit at the writing oh, I, where it's very much like. I didn't know that about him, but he tells me everything. It's like, oh, God.
1: <laughs> Well, sorry, this is a side side. But it's, it's,
0: it's harmless. It's a totally harmless watch. It's yeah. not going to kill you. Um, it's not going to blow your socks off. It'll give you a little pang of emotion at the end. But for the most part, your two characters are completely apart from each other. Yeah. Very apart, like the other side of the country apart. Oh, that's... And then similar to uh, The Holiday. Yeah. They swap houses, ah. and they and then they're now in each other's worlds with each other very far apart. Yeah. So it's a romantic comedy without the romance because they're <laughs> completely far away from each other. So then, one. right at the end, they join, and then there's this moment.
1: Oh, we love each other! Oh, thank God, we went through all of that. Yeah, uh. <laughs> <So> it's an <laughs> interesting. Film. It's also just on Netflix. Your place or mine. Your place or mine. Yeah, but okay. uh, but also sorry. Two sidebars. One, never invite a comparison to the holiday if you're a movie, because that film has more charm. It's a lovely movie. It's, every time I watch it, I'm like, why? Why am I having feelings? Like it's so. It's, and why? And it's, why is like Jack Black so lovely?
0: Yeah, he's <laughs> and, so lovely. And, and and um and romantic. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like.
1: I'll be he's honest. like
0: the least sort of leading man kind of dude material, but he pulls it off in that movie. No,
1: he he has so much charisma. I, I i love the i love the whole film. It's joyful, but like no one cares about Cameron Diaz and Jude Law. Like no one is watching the film for Cameron Diaz and Jude Law. They yeah. are watching it for Kate Winslet and Jack Black. There is more romantic charisma going yeah. on in that relationship. You're just like, what? That's lovely. But the other sidebar was. Um, you should do another podcast where Leslie just reviews things like Siskel <laughs> and Ebert. She's, just, she's like, well, it's not going to win any Oscars. <laughs> you know, her, her, something that I brought up um,
0: in, in an episode was I was quite excited to show her Life Aquatic. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, um, and only when I watched it with her next to me did I realize like how weird the movie is. It's so weird. Like in my head, it was
1: offbeat. Yeah.
0: But that was charming like her review was like it's a bit weird. <laughs> and I was like, I was like yeah, yeah you're right. Like it is it is a bit weird. It is a bit weird. Yeah, yeah. And I mean I was there for it. Yeah. Um but someone who's not there for it and and doesn't have a doesn't have that kind of yeah that different frequency sensibility like will find it
1: very odd. No and this is and this is the interesting thing about about movies or art in general is like you know uh there is the, it's always playing you. It's always playing the audience member. And like for you and me, like, yeah, I would describe life aquatic as offbeat, but like we're over here and then like other people might be a bit further right of that. So that off is, is a, is a, is significant. It's it's a significantly (laughs) offbeat. So, so, um, and that's for, uh, us, for us. It's a little detour on the path. Yeah, yeah. For them, it's like, where the fuck am I? Are we in the free state? <laughs> like, what's happened? It's <laughs> you know? <There's> a gal. <laughs> yeah. um, and that's and that's inter- And it's it's also a thing that it's a thing that's happened to me over over years of of like finding the things that bring me joy, which are weird. Um, but like, I, we all started in the same place. Like, we all started with Spielberg and ET and like yeah. those things that were resonating with us at the age we were at. Um, and then you just took a little bit further right and then Yeah, you know. and your
0: job will be to sort of hold people's hand through it. Yeah. And you, you could go on a roller coaster, yeah. like you could take them to the zaniest place. But your job as the director is to have someone feel safe going there. Yeah. And the confidence is is key because not only did you have to sort of keep your confidence on set and throughout the whole process and, 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 and tie this whole thing together. But at the end, the product's got to do the same thing where it's like, I've got to believe that this can work. I've got to believe that this is going to be okay. Or.
1: And to your earlier point, I have to, I have to, to a large degree, unless it's a very short gap where I want the audience to feel that, that sense of confusion. I have to not go, why are they doing that? Yeah. Like that's a, that's a, That's a problem. You know what I mean. So, um, I think it's 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 been joyful in that kind of like experience of like getting to act with the utmost like the utmost confidence and the utmost like kind of decision making throughout that process. Coming from what I now do mostly as a day job is direct
0: commercials. So I wanted to get into that. Yeah. yeah. So so you you mostly do commercials.
1: Yes, which is wonderful and joyful as well. Like to be honest. The things we're talking about, but budget and the practicality of that, that yeah. commercials was the breeding ground for that learning and that understanding and that knowledge.
0: Because I'm sure there are some commercials where you're like, I have way too much budget.
1: I mean, <laughs> because
0: sometimes it's like, ridiculous. You're when like, they... why? <laughs> <laughs> and it's only for a day. Imagine if my whole movie could be like this. No, no. Well, I could make a movie with how much is left. Yeah. Um, but, and then, obviously, there are some cases where it's, it's tighter.
1: Yeah. No, well and, and so that thing...
0: What are some of the commercials you've done?
1: So I've, uh, I've done, I did way back in 2020, I did a Nando's spa. Um, I've done a lot of work with Tops at Spa. Yeah. Um, some, like, weird, absurd... They, they're they a joyful client. They just let you do weird, absurd, crazy shit. Okay. Um, and then I've just done something for LegalWise. Um, okay, cool. Which was interesting as well because they're kind of reinventing themselves okay. to move away from the sort of more serious stuff. They gave me a comedy board with like funny lawyers. And I was like, yes. <laughs> Sounds fun.
0: Man. Yeah. Yeah. The only extent of adverts I receive are the ones before YouTube videos. That, that's the extent of my, of my commercials. And they, and they very much put me to like <laughs> whatever demographic or whatever I've got saved yeah. as whatever algorithms are coming my way. They, they want me to wash my own clothes. It's mm-hmm. all about mm-hmm. detergents. And then recently I've got like kids toys. Yeah. You know, that like new Dinos. Da, 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 da. I'm like, I clearly, I'm at the age where I should have kids. <laughs> got to wash them. Got to wash the toys. Yeah. Or like a Samsung
1: phone. Like yeah, yeah. that's about it. I don't really get much else. No, I don't, I, I'll be honest. I, I, as a person who makes commercials, I have YouTube premium. I haven't seen a commercial you, years. Yes. You've, <laughs> you've paid a lot to skip it. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, but no, I, I will say like, um, The joy of that and and why I think it was imperative in the sort of uh, prep for do your worst was that the skill that you are flexing there isn't about necessarily a kind of like production of of um, of desperation. Like you're not you'll have all the things you need to make the the thing like you have none of those barriers. But what you do have is you have to you cannot fundamentally take or control what the idea is right that is not your purview it comes to you as an idea that idea has been bought by client that that's probably gone for six months before you've seen it wait what, what are you talking about a commercial in a commercial yeah okay and um and so your job is to really understand from with the creatives what is the idea like what is the central fundamental premise of this thing? Yeah. And then make it the best version of that it can be.
0: I, I did a brief stint in advertising.
1: I remember. You were at Saatchi, right? For Saatchi and yeah. Saatchi,
0: yeah. yeah. And I'll never forget my kind of mentor, very mm. much a creative mentor, a guy by the name of Betty Duplissy said, You gotta be okay selling nappies. Mm. And and it's not about the nappies. Mm. It's about what he deemed the actual definition of creativity, which is problem solving. Mm. Um, not to be confused with expression, yeah. which is what you do on a canvas and <laughs> and some of the other things which people love to yeah. say, oh, that person's so creative. Yeah. That's not creativity. Creativity yeah. is solving problems. It's like an engineer is highly creative, yeah. according to this definition, which I agree with. Yeah, So it's about solving that problem, and that problem is how do you get across to moms that this nappy is – stretchy in this particular yeah. way and like and enjoy the problem solving of that yeah. doesn't matter what it is it's going to be nappies one week it's going to be so some, maybe something a bit more fun next week but that's that's not the point the point is the is taking joy in the in the in the problem solving
1: and and to your point like i 100 percent resonate with the idea that creativity is problem solving it's also muscle because people talk about talent. Yes. And talent is an ineffable quality that people possess or they don't. Ineffable. Right? What a nice word. Oh, thank you. That's oh, on my word of the day. What is
0: what is ineffable?
1: Uh, in like um, sort of not corporeal, just slightly. Oh, and then you're um, going to hit me with another fucking nice big word. <laughs> Sorry. Um. <laughs> um, just, <laughs> just like slightly, like I would describe it as intangible. squidgy and intangible. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, so, so we, okay, now I've been completely sidetracked by English. Yeah. But what was your sentence?
1: Uh, so so I, I said talent is an ineffable quality. Yes. That people either possess or they don't. But creativity, and, and I, I've, I'm i not a big believer in talent or what to what, what. Yeah. But creativity is a muscle.
0: 100%.
1: You know, it, that's... If you're we gonna, felt
0: it in the band with songwriting mm-hmm. when we are, are writing for an album. Like... You write the best stuff when you you feel like your songwriting muscle is warm. It's, mm. You've thrown out ten songs, you're banging more out, and you like you you feel like you're writing some of the best stuff you've ever written. Yeah. It's because that muscle is warm.
1: Yeah, and yeah. and I think that's like that's what's cool about the advertising side is it's it's like gym. Yeah, I get to go, I get to lift the weights. Mm. Not that I lift weights, but you know what I mean. Like uh, the speaking the brain is of, working.
0: <laughs> speaking of lifting weights, yeah.
1: Oh yeah, you and
0: I crossed our paths on purpose mm. again um, after Varsity where Short Straw had this very ambitious idea for an album which was to make a music video and an artwork for each single. Mm. For I mean, for each song on mm. the album, not just one or two singles. And we decided to release one song a month mm. with a video and an artwork. So it was an excuse for us to build what we called like a community of what we called the meddling kids. And so the album was called Those Meddling Kids. And the concept was that along the way we were going to pick up illustrators and artists mm. and friends of ours and 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 music video makers, so directors and choreographers. And together we were going to have this collective that we were going to say at the end was, you know, the, the meddling kids. Mm. And you were a meddling kid. I was, I was a meddling kid. So we kid. had our one song – boo yeah and we loved your pitch for it and you did the music video for a short straw song and it's out there it's bizarrely delightful yeah um i think you totally pulled it off i, I will be- but it was a weird one yeah I- so so the point was this beautiful romantic song about being on the couch like mooching with the girl um <laughs> you know the song's called boo so it's all about you my boo yeah um, but it's fun and playful in the way in which shorts draw is fun and playful. And your pitch was I wanna get macho strong men in the gym to be in the gym gymming and singing along to the song. Yeah.
1: And it and you pulled it off. And and, and I'll be very honest, Russ, it's one of the it's it might be my favorite thing I've ever made, is that music video.
0: <gasps> you lie.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> no, because it, Watching you
0: at one point trying to get these four, I think it was four gentlemen yeah. to do like and I, this comes with very little disrespect, but to do rather simple choreography yeah, yeah. and shame, they did struggle, yeah. but you pulled it off. Yeah. And <laughs> just watching you um, just to sort of, ge- you know, gender it just for the sake of this moment, like a smaller woman, mm. younger than them, mm. telling these like strong, like, like if one of those dudes came up to me in like an... Like a nightlife, like yeah. in an alley, like like they big fucking no, quite strong dudes, and they look quite. They didn't look like gentle, loving guys. They were they were they were nice, yeah, and they were very respectful in the moment. But it was like, I'm sure a part of them were like, "What the fuck are what, we doing here today?"
1: What was interesting about those four gentlemen? But who, you were who controlling
0: were like, it, and you were managing the scene, and you did it with a confidence that produce that product, which yeah. is which is what a director is.
1: Yeah, no, well, and and that's the, you know kind of holding the thing in your head and then being able to articulate it to everybody else is kind of that's the job. Yeah, but but what's interesting about those four guys is they were so so sweet, yeah. like and so wonderful, and like I was I, what I was very so that you guys gave me this beautiful song, which is about is about you like hanging on the couch with your girlfriend, and like so my philosophy with a music video is. That um, there is the song, which is its own art form, yeah. and sometimes there are music videos that sort of amplify the narrative that exists in the song, and they, yeah. they become one, yeah. one sort of thing. Because you could have very easily have made this music video of with but, two people in a couch. Yeah. Absolutely. And other times, you you take you take a sort of other idea, and you have it in conversation with what the song is doing, and it creates a third thing. Yeah. And that's sort of what what. I wanted to try and do with this. Whereas, you know, like there is, there's something in the sort of the relationship love you guys were talking about that becomes about a self love and a loneliness mm. of the masculine, like Jim, but like Oak in the, yeah. in that sort of music video. And, but I, it also speaks a little bit to, this sort of tension, I mean, on a really underlying level of like homoeroticism that exists in the gym. Yeah, and I and I. So my my biggest thing was like to sit down with those guys and make sure like no one is going to walk away from this like, when they see the music video. And go like, and I, they feel I feel stupid. I feel like I shouldn't have participated in that. Yeah, and what was so because I was expect I had made a judgment on those guys. Yeah, because of, well, here of, I
0: am judging mm-hmm. them too. Yeah,
1: but that's that's and that's what we do because like. Those, that's the information we have, you know and like yeah. and and we're all guilty of that. Um, but so I'd made this judgment that they weren't going to be happy about that and like, but I really wanted to sit down and be like, hey, there is this sort of homoerotic undertone. They were like, cool there we know and they, they were gay. <laughs> you know what I mean Yeah lovely. and and that that for me was like a really great surprise out of that process.
0: Magic. I'm glad we touched on that because that was one of the few moments I shared with you in passing. And then life got busier again, and mm. you were busy, and then I would have never seen you up until you've come with this film mm. and But it's not to say that we are those friends that can pick up wherever we are mm. um but we were g- close in varsity, we were, and yeah. we were part of like a little gang where I've often said to people that like I've never had the gang, yeah. You know, that I sort of was with my whole life yeah, through school to varsity, whatever. But there was a moment where there was a group of us at varsity, really when you're at that point in your life where you kind of are starting to figure out who you are. Yeah. And you were very much a part of that. And mm-hmm. and there were some, yeah, some great holidays and some great moments when all mm-hmm. of us hung out. And I was like, this is the closest I get to like. The gang. Yeah. The nostalgic gang. Yeah, yeah. No. And you were very much a part of that, which was cool.
1: Yeah, it's the same for me. Like, I, I go back... I mean, you and I went on a cruise to Durban oh fuck we did remember this we
0: did the Miller Rock, the, Rock boat the Boat as
1: like crew people we were photographers on Miller Rock the Boat and I just want to describe to you what Miller Rock the Boat was it was a three-day cruise from Durban to I think Maputo. it was like the Portuguese know. islands yeah, which yeah. is yeah just Somewhere outside there. of Mozambique. you didn't stop at them so we no didn't one stopped yeah, and then yeah.
0: at some point we turned around
1: and came back but but I it was th- one of the f- it was the first one it was the first one. And, but, but you, so we were there as crew. Yeah. And you, you'd had the hookup. Yeah. And
0: then you, you knew I dabbled in photography, photography yeah. and said, would well, you want to come and do this?
1: Yeah. And then we spent three days on a boat with drunk people going, I can't, I can't leave. Yeah. And I is, think I might get a little seasick. This <laughs> like, is
0: kind of ridiculous. Yeah. It, it but, was
1: the triangle of sadness. It was, tri- <laughs> <laughs> but we had,
0: um, Yeah. I mean, there was a guy like Trevor Noah who Mm. was just on the cusp of exploding. And we hung out and. Yeah. And we filmed that sort of. There was this. I think about this every now and again. We filmed this kind of candid moment of him playing piano. Of him playing piano. Yeah. And. um, But it was like at an absurd hour, like two or three in the morning. The The boat was rocking. And you would have looked at that moment and gone, this guy. He's a bit drunk, mm. bit slushy. So I saw him on the deck the next morning mm. and I went up to him and I said, hey man, I filmed you doing that like impromptu piano thing. Yeah, I said, would you be okay with me putting it out? Yeah, I said, maybe you were a bit drunk. So I just wanted to just check. And he goes, no, I don't drink. Huh. And I was like, oh, interesting. Yeah. Like he was kind of sober through all that. <laughs> and he gave me the permission to put it out and it's out there. I mean, it's completely lost in the internet now. There's too much Trevor Noah that's, mm. that's, come on top of it but it was a lovely moment it was nice to sort of hang out with the guy
1: yeah i always think about that as like just sort of, a sort of brush in someone's orbit you know just like getting to see because it was you know they were just being funny on the piano like yeah. he, he was you know and i was like this guy's really talented <laughs> I'm just yeah
0: just like, yeah. um what are some of the things you were watching
1: uh so i will uh there are things that i'm watching but i did take a long break from watching things while I was okay. making the thing um, yeah. just as a kind of like uh, I wanted to really be in the world that I was generating and okay. not to constant. I am a person who is who has a problem with comparison and a problem with like I stress about those things it's yeah. that's that type A stressed out personality that I have um, and so I was like I need to put all of that away and I need to focus on this thing and, and build this world okay. in isolation but I've just started watching things again. What are you yeah. enjoying at the moment? Um, the Last of Us, obviously. Um, okay, cool. So uh, I'm a huge video game nerd as well. It's a, it's an okay, form that you're I playing, enjoy. Eh? Yeah, well, okay. I, I've I played it and now I'm watching the adaptation, okay. which is really really exciting. Um, I just watched the Triangle of Sadness. That was the funnest thing I've seen recently. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, and it's and it's just so confidently ridiculous. I love him. Yeah, I love Ruben Ostlund. I.
0: I've seen The Square. I haven't seen Force Majeure. Force Majeure is the best one. Okay. Have you seen the American adaptation? No,
1: I will not watch it.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> I made the mistake of seeing that one first, I- ignorantly. Yeah. It was just on Disney Plus. And so yeah. I watched it. It's called Downhill. It's
1: called Downhill. Julia, Julia Louis-Dreyfus and Will Ferrell.
0: And Will Ferrell. Yeah. Um. And when I wanted to, yeah, look into it, or when I was uh. m- putting it on Letterboxd or something, you know, the reviews came in where people were like, Force majeure is so much better, mm. which is the original, mm. um, in the original language. Mm. Um, no, and but The Square is also delightfully... It's extraordinary. Yeah.
1: But what's interesting about... What that, did you
0: leave with... Yeah, you know, what did Triangle of Sadness leave with you?
1: I mean, I, I just love his like I, I don't think necessarily triangle of sadness is making any new points like yeah. I, I don't think it's out there reinventing our conversation around wealth and inequality and capitalism but what it is doing is it's finding ways like i'm always like those systems are invisible to some people and yeah. what 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 triangle of sadness does really beautifully is it finds a way to make the systems visible and palpable and tangible and so i think what's really really incredible about that is like he plays in humor but he also plays in discomfort yes and so So he
0: he can do awkward well yeah and so if you know that you're you are being wrenched yeah you can really enjoy it but if you're someone like leslie just to go back to my (laughs) lovely lovely (laughs) girlfriend um she sort of after 10 minutes was like nah not for me well and and she because she sort of got made uncomfortable and was like i don't like this yeah didn't relish in it.
1: Well, and and I think it's it also speaks to that that first half hour, which is that date scene, which is like awkward. It's so uncomfortable, and it's really he's just setting you up for like, hey, like I'm gonna wind you up so that like you're primed for the other two acts of this thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's the, I was that was my most uncomfortable I've been in a little while was watching that first half hour. of. And the same things.
0: uncomfort comes in, in a movie like the square, which was mm. the movie he made just before that, where that's a very much a poke at mm. fine art and people's mm. kind of pretentious and relationship advertising. to
1: advertising and, oh. and, and, um, and morality, like yeah. you know, people's feelings of, of, or relationships with doing the right thing or being the hero of their own narrative. Like, uh, yeah. So uh, Okay. Let's uh, um <laughs> what what else what else are you enjoying? Um otherwise I, ha- I so so in what rewatching well in watching The Last of Us, I was very much reminded of what I think was the best thing that came out last year, is a HBO show called Station Eleven.
0: Okay, I don't know. So don't about it.
1: So um T V <laughs> show. T V show, yeah. Station eleven. Station eleven. Uh, if it's HBO it's probably on Showmax. Definitely on ShowMax. Okay. Um so what that is is it's one of the writers on um who was on the leftovers which is the steak dinner of television like we will never exceed the leftovers um i will talk about that next because i see a confusion on your face yeah (laughs) um and um and it's a steak dinner you mean like the primo best yeah for me the leftovers is is the thing that i aspire to one day oh wow it's a beautiful series okay um it's deeply depressing Oh just God. so you know okay. <laughs> sounds, sounds delightful yeah, yeah. really a lovely Saturday afternoon watch <laughs> um, no um, Station Eleven was made during the pandemic and is okay. based on a book um, from about 10 years before and it's about a deadly pandemic oh um, so uh, very similar to The Last of Us in that it's, is it American it's American yeah um, in that it's about sort of relationships both prior to uh, this sort of Apocalyptic event, and after this apocalyptic and event, And the station
0: being what a police station.
1: Uh, I cannot remember where the the name comes from now. I oh, so it's been, not obvious. Yeah, um, but it's they're it's, not
0: they're not uh, set inside a particular station of sorts.
1: No, 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 and it's it's what it is is an incredibly humanistic story about the ways in which art survives the end okay. of the world. Um, so so Wild. there's it's it's about a traveling to, troop of shakespearean performers in the post apocalypse who like travel from town to town and they are the that's keepers. What the, that's what the show is about yeah that's the. they are the keepers of of
0: of this culture
1: yeah uh oh, wow. and it's so here are many seasons are there one and okay. there will only be one so it's um, oh nice and uh hiro murai who directs a lot of atlanta i think does a couple of episodes but he does the pilot and uh I just remember watching it like at the peak of COVID going, I don't want to watch a pandemic show. Like that sounds crazy. And just being so struck by the humanism of it and the sort of okay. gentleness and the reminder of what is important in and amongst the fear of everything else. Okay. Station 11. Station 11.
0: That's your that's that's Samo's pick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, do you have Disney Plus? I do. I thought you would really like Extraordinary.
1: Uh, it looks rad. I'm I glad think I'll you'd appreciate
0: it. it. yeah. yeah. As someone with a penchant for geekiness, Mm. um, I think you'd appreciate it. And also it's, um, yeah, point of view, which is that a show like The Boys Mm. is, you could argue, quite masculine Mm. and very much made from the point of view of men and very American. Mm. Uh, Extraordinary is like, what happens if it were to be told from a more feminine voice? from england
1: i love it no i I gotta check it out it's
0: kind of the same thing in the fact that like real life superheroes exist in real life Mm. and but what's interesting about it is that everybody gets a super power it's almost like puberty it sort of kicks in at 18 but you're not quite sure what you're gonna get Mm. and they're vastly different it's a little bit like x-men vastly different what what you can do super strength or some you'd appreciate this um she walks into a dentist room at one point and this music plays, mm. this ominous music plays, and you think it's part of the score of the TV show, mm. but she acknowledges the music. and She's like, what is that noise? And then the dentist goes, my power is the fact that um, I create a score yeah. around me based on, based on the emotions of the people around me. I love it. So she's like, I know you like, think I'm going to hurt you here in yeah. this dentist room. Yeah.
1: It's funny. You can't hide from an emotive score.
0: And then in in the moment she gives her like sort of happy guess, you know, obviously the score changes. So she sort of knows. It's funny. You'd appreciate that.
1: I'll check it out. No, but it sounds also it's interesting because it's very zeitgeisty at the moment. This kind of thing. Um, The power is coming out. Have you seen a trailer for that? The power? Yeah. So, that? so it's, I think Reed Murano is involved in it. Um, Who's that? She directed a bunch of The Handmaid's Tale and okay. like, yeah, she's, she's dope. She's like a cinematographer slash director. Um, and the power, the fundamental, it was a, also a book and it's, it's, the premise is that teenage girls start developing this power and okay. that power is like electrical, like they can essentially fire out el- electricity and shock people. Um, all girls. Uh, yeah sort of like this generation of teenage girls starts developing and okay. no one else has it
0: okay. and so
1: and so the question is like what happens to the power dynamic oh wow and and it's so so it 's an exploration of where like, and that's currently being made i think i the just released the first trailer i'm pretty sure it'll be out like next month or the month after and where uh it's also an h b o so okay. it'll end up on Showmax. wild yeah and no and it's a really cool book, and it's like it's it, what's interesting about the plethora of this is my other word it's a nice word thank you thank you um uh, of superhero stuff that has come out in the sort of last 10 years yeah is we've gone through the sort of um mainstream kind of straight-laced kind of marvel DC, yeah all of that stuff Uh, and now we're going okay well let's take the idea and and give it resonance in a give it something to say you know Uh, which is, you know, like, I, I think something like Black Panther was doing that already. Yes. But, um, but we're doing it in a smaller, more independent space. Yeah. And we're, we're exploring what those things are really about, which is power.
0: Yeah, because that was the core of why we've always loved Superman. Yeah. Or why Batman means something. But it was always our wish to be more powerful. Yeah. And our wish to possess that power. And As a little boy or a little girl reading a comic book to sort of go or well, to have super strength and
1: yeah and the ability to write wrongs so, because I mean obviously the origin of the origin of those mythologies the origin of those guys you're talking about like Jewish immigrants to New York in in the early part of the 20th century who were people running away from what was happening in Germany
0: they were the people who were writing those stories yeah yeah that makes sense.
1: You know, so so like Superman is the ultimate immigrant story. He comes from another planet. You know, that's right. Yeah. So, um, it's and of course, th- there's also a
0: big religious thing. I mean, he's yeah. kind of like Jesus yeah. in the way that he. Oh,
1: yeah. and so so it's sort of like the ways in which we define and create stories and what they mean and and what they the needs they fulfill in us are really interesting, especially like finding out where stories come from. Yeah. I love that little fact about sort of like early comic books. Is like, it's it's just wonderful to go like oh like, this has a real grounded meaning to the people who originated it like really really means something yeah and like it's been sort of commercialized up and out from that but like at its core core, it's
0: just a little Jewish immigrant escaping the wall amazing Um, you also I'll never forget this just to touch on some aspect of your life and history oh boy you did um, your major thesis at um, Varsity was on Buffy the Vampire Slayer it's like a
1: great show I I will defend it until I die <laughs> I will not defend its creator but I will defend it
0: oh, is he, has he
1: as he as he become yeah, yeah, a bit not great oh. history isn't yeah, look but uh, yeah yeah no absolutely we do have to
0: get into that but what was Buffy for you
1: well what what it was was when you talk about something like extraordinary like I can already hear the seed that is Buffy somewhere in the depth of that show's like family tree
0: whether or not they are aware of it or not they yeah. were informed by it.
1: Yeah, which is like I'm going to I'm going to take a genre and I'm going to take a sort of a sort of like contemporary idea and I'm going to spin it on its head and I'm going to give it real political interest and resonance, which is like I'm going to take the blonde girl that gets killed in the first three minutes of the horror movie and I'm going to make her a superhero. Yeah. And from there on out, I'm going to have a conversation about what that means. Okay. And, and I think, I so like for me, like Buffy was always about like things that we were just starting to do really consistently, which is like take genre and subvert it and say okay. like, here are the elements of your expectation and here's how I can surprise you by using them, by using what I already know that you know. Um, And then doing that, in a way, it was one of the first shows that had an expansive mythology of, like, it told, it didn't just tell week-to-week stories, even though it did that. It was also telling season-long arcs. Okay. And, like, so that, it was just that era of television where we started doing that, the Sopranos and the West Wing and, Mm. and all of that. Um, You see, for the most part,
0: it missed me because I wasn't sort of actively watching it. Maybe caught moments of it. But that's what was so powerful was its strong female lead, Mm. subverting that. Mm. Okay.
1: And then on top of that being both scary and funny at the same time, which was not a thing I knew you could do.
0: It was a little bit like Scrubs. What made Scrubs so amazing (sighs) was that it could be so
1: ridiculously stupid and then it could just floor Mm. you. Emotionally. Two
0: minutes later and you're like, oh, Jesus Christ. And just the, the the floor beneath your feet would just fall, and you'd. I love Scrubs. Tears man. Scrubs was incredible.
1: Incredible. There's there's episodes of that show that are just extraordinary and playful. Yeah. And you can see why he goes on to do something like he's doing Ted Lasso now as uh, Bill Lawrence. Oh yes. He's the Ted Lasso guy. Yeah. Um, and he's got shrinking out on Apple. I too. love shrinking. Oh, yeah, shrinking's cool, hey? great.
0: Yeah. It is so good. Okay, I was that was going to be one of the things yeah. I was going to also recommend. Yeah. Extraordinary, I think you'd like, because one of the large sort of little ways to sort of direct these episodes is to at least have me try and find something for you to watch. Cool. No, i was um, check that. But I think Extraordinary is, is definitely worth your time. Yeah. I think your place of mine, as I said, is, I a, is a lazy weekend afternoon. Yeah. I'll voice um,
1: note you afterwards. don't think it's going to get in the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> but no,
0: it's it's so silly like that. Okay. But what, are, yeah, what are some of your, um, because when this episode comes out, oh. funny enough, uh, the next week is going to be the Oscars. Yeah. Um, what are you kind of hoping for with that?
1: Um, I mean, I the most fun I had in a cinema in the last year was Everything Everywhere all at once. I agree. Um, and I, I mean, also to see those guys go from Swiss Army Man, which I thought was inventive, but I didn't love, yeah, to this incredibly like emotive story, yeah. uh, which is still doing all of the absurd, wonderful stuff that they're doing. It's completely ridiculous as a movie. Oh, yeah. No, it's if just... you explained it to me, I'd go, huh?
0: So Tom from yeah. Short Straw... Um, I caught up with him the next day. So actually, funny enough, watched everything everywhere all at once in in a cinema in London. Oh, nice. So I was on a trip last year and um, I've been checking out and following the cinema called The Prince Charles Mm. in London, which it's always nice when you discover a cinema that sort of is of the same spirit to the Mm. bioscope. And it's always great to see, like, oh, you also do that. Like, <laughs> I'm not alone. Like, you also screen that on that day. Yeah. Or you can take some inspiration from them where it's like, oh, I never thought of that movie. Like, yeah. that's, that's totally great. Because they, they, they're similar to the Bioscope in the fact that they sit alongside the big Leicester Square mm. cinemas, which are famous, you know, where Top Gun Maverick would premiere and all these mm. kinds of things. And they're just around the corner and they're just like the Bioscope, in the fact that they'll play older stuff and Mm. marathons and be more culty. Mm. So it was the first time in a while, because this was now, yeah, beginning of last year. So it was the first sort of real full cinema experience I'd had in a while. Mm. And it's the movie, it's the perfect movie for that because it's got laughs, it's got gasps, it's got, it's got everything. It's so ridiculous. It's so quiet. And then there's one moment where there's nothing. It's two rocks. Two rocks. Two fucking rocks just that are just sitting each there. Other. That are, t- that are <laughs> communicating to each other. Yeah. And you see the the subtitles of this. Um, uh. And you just hear wind. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It uh. is the most ridiculous movie. And I just, once again, they had the confidence to take you there.
1: Yeah. And, and that is space key. space to do it. Yeah. And that's the other thing. I mean, I i love making movies i love making them here i love making stories about us but i think what's exciting about just to bring it back to do your worst for a second is like it's still a rom-com but mm. we like pushed as far as we could go within the bent of what the expectation is yeah. in our market and i think every time we do that we get closer to getting the kind of freedom that those kind of guys have to make
0: this ridiculous movie yeah, yeah. Which, which is yeah.
1: By iteration, if I can land up somewhere there, bro, I would be so excited. Like, that's a world I love.
0: Yeah. I mean, it would be oh, almost impossible. I mean, that that struggle to find an audience worldwide,
1: mm.
0: you know, let alone in South Africa. So it makes <laughs> sense that, you know, everyone involved might be like, um, sorry, mm. I'm not going to put my money behind this. Yeah, yeah. But for those who saw it, I mean, it's it's... Delightful. Okay, so are you hoping that could take something?
1: I hope it could say something. It would be it be in in what the Oscars are great for, which is um, a, a sort of expansive, like invest in more of this kind of. Yeah, we're going to create market for this. Um, I think. What else uh, do you think could be? Uh, I I haven't seen it yet, but I'm desperate to see Tar.
0: Yeah, see, I saw a trailer for it and was like, "Fuck, this and looks be <laughs>
1: Yeah,
0: I was like, "This is when one speaks of like." arty, and yeah. you weight it with all the things that make arty challenging. I was yeah. like, hey, this is arty.
1: Oh, it's, n- it's not going to be a pleasant <laughs> experience. It's just good.
0: Okay, so but you want to see that. Um, uh, i want I
1: haven't, to see Tar. I haven't managed to see a lot of what's coming up. The Banshees of Inisharan is very high on my list.
0: You haven't seen it yet? No. Okay. I haven't seen it either. Yeah. But those who have also rated very highly. Oh,
1: I love Martin McDonough. I mean, like, yeah. how, how could you not? Yeah, You know, just... In okay. Bruges, like yeah. all of that. Yeah. yeah. Um what else is on the Oscars is, have list? Have you seen this? the Fablemans? No. Okay. No, on. but you've been busy. I've been busy. I've been busy. Um no, I was supposed to go last week and I was sick. Okay. So now I've got to go. Um I'm very behind. I I will I will have a little shout out for Top Gun Maverick though. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. What a good time. That's the movies. exactly it.
0: No, and the way you over the course of this. Conversation have been talking about the relationship with the audience and how the film only exists once there is an audience. Yeah. We've mentioned this before in the show that Tom Cruise is famous for for understanding exactly what the audience wants. Yeah. And so he knows how to choreograph based mm-hmm. on what the audience wants. Yeah. And it's, don't you love how like very purposefully vague the enemy is?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like nobody fucking knows who it is. Who cares? They say, <laughs> I
0: think they say Iran. Yeah,
1: yeah. They're like, who's safe once. at this point that we can say? You know, yeah. they say
0: it sort of like once as an aside, but apart from that, it's got nothing to do with the enemy. Oh. It's got to do with this maneuver that he needs to do.
1: Yeah, yeah. but also, what I love about I'm going to go on a Tom Cruise rabbit hole. Talk about yeah. it. No,
0: I'm just uh, let's 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 end on on yeah your your appreciation of of, of Tom
1: Cruise. Yeah, um, no, what what I really love is in a world where you can CGI anything. Yes. And you can create anything in computers and impressive, wonderful things that become no longer impressive because you can do anything. And we know yeah. that. So fundamentally, yeah. it's not exciting. Here is a man who consistently chases new spectacle. Yes. He says, I'm going to show you something you've never seen before and you'll never see again. And not only am I going to show it to you, I'm going to do it for real. Yeah. Like he's, he's evil can evil. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, and that penetrates.
0: Uh, you know, there, there was an episode with um, Gavin Pinkers the cinematographer, DOP, where we were talking about The Thing.
1: Yeah, I love we, The Thing. Yeah, it's one of the great films. Yeah. of my life.
0: I watched it during the pandemic. It was it was great. <laughs> yeah, and and what was so delightful was just how that practical effect, yeah. which in this case was this weird sort of disemboweling yeah. monster. But it's the same as a guy jumping out of a plane. Like, mm. if it is real, mm. you you feel it differently. It's, totally. It's, and it once again comes down to your delightful buddy comedy, which is premiering on Netflix on the 10th of March, okay. to your worst, where it's like, it's all about the authentic. What's my fucking weird word I'm trying to make up? Authenticity.
1: Yeah. Don't yeah. oh, worry, we got it.
0: I want to I want to make authenticism a word. But it's just not. It's just not. Yeah. It's no, just I'm sorry. Not. The it authenticity.
1: It, it doesn't roll off the tongue. It doesn't. Um, I have one thing before, yes. if we are wrapping up, is what is your letterboxed? Oh, I think I'm um,
0: Rusky Boy.
1: All you right. Know, Sam I mean, O'Nell. Sam O'Nell. Yeah.
0: Okay. So for all of those who are wondering what we are talking about, letterboxed is... The um, best
1: social media network out there.
0: Yeah. It's 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 for people like us yeah. who watch a film and want to have a film diary.
1: mm so I log everything that I watch. How do I see my profile? Um, but profile, yeah, essentially and... I log everything that I watch. So at the end of the year, when I when people like Russell are asking me questions about what I watched, I can actually just scroll back because my memory is terrible. Yes, no, you need this diary. No. But it's kind of a, it's kind of if um, a film diary and Twitter had a baby. Because the other thing, yeah. the other thing is it's like pithy reviews of stuff. Um, yeah,
0: so so join our Facebook mm-hmm. group. The videos to a Facebook group because every now and again, it's usually prompted by Cole, who's one of the co-workers. He goes, "Okay, share your last watched," mm. and so we we screen grab
1: your last the role. recent
0: activity of Letterboxd with our reviews. Nice, and you crop that and then just post that. Yeah. So that's a very quick way for you to see what the others in the group are watching. Amazing. So mine, for example, is "Wish I Was Here," yeah, yeah, yeah. which was. Uh, Speaking of Scrubs, yeah. this was Zach Braff's other um, film. Other film, no, not. It's not sort Garden of like State. a grown-up Garden State. Yeah. It's kind of quite similar okay. in, in some ways. Yeah. Um. The Pamela Anderson documentary. How is that? It looks really. It's interesting. really interesting. Yeah. It's really interesting. It's uh, you, I go into great depths. or well, greater depths with it. Um. At some point, with when I chatted to Benji Moody, uh, who's yeah. this cool old. Punk rocker uh, who owns vinyl junkies. Yeah. Uh, um. But yeah, it's it's a, a very interesting documentary. Made even more interesting by the fact that it was produced by her son.
1: Yeah, that's that's. So it comes with sort of great
0: care and respect. Yeah. But it um, it it reveals her in a in a lovely way. That's for cool. all her power and all her mistakes.
1: Yeah. But well, and I think um,
0: and you come out of it really. T- it's an experience. It's a it's a it's an attempt to give her respect and power. Yeah. Because she, for the most part of her career, was given none of that. Yeah. And, and that's what made this documentary interesting. So that's Pamela Love Story. Yeah. Then I watched um Good Morning Vietnam for the first time ever. I'd never Robin watched it. Robin
1: Williams is extraordinary. It was great. It yeah. was
0: it was lovely to finally see it. Yeah. It's on Disney Plus. Um I could very much accept how dated. Yeah, his comedy is, and how that comedy style mm. is is not. I, I don't. I don't find co- that funny now. Mm. But I could very much see how that was charming in its time, mm. and and it was a, g- a, g- a good film. Mm. Um, and then yeah, that got three and a half stars. And then I've got Your Place of Mine, which I gave two and a half.
1: Wow, that's a lot of <laughs> stars. I mean, three, that's not none. Three, <laughs>
0: three for me is like standard. Nice. Three for I, me is like you did the job. You you made it. I got it. Message received. Yeah. Thanks. Success. Didn't blow my socks off. Yeah.
1: I so I don't I don't do star ratings. I, I it's I'm a binary. It's either a heart or nothing. Oh, that's what you get. And it's okay. more like I don't. I just don't. I I think I just feel making filmmaking is so hard. I don't want to rate films. I'll give you my last four. Hang on. Okay. Uh, Paddington two.
0: <laughs> the greatest film ever the made. The
1: greatest film ever made. It is joyful. <laughs> have you seen
0: um The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent? No. Oh my god. It looks
1: so cool. Dude, they they talk about Paddington 2 being one of the greatest movies of all time. Have you seen it? It's amazing. It's incredible. It's yeah. amazing. Every time I, I, I have watched Paddington, Paddington. and Paddington 2. Yeah, I've never watched the original Paddington, I've only watched Paddington 2. I skipped straight to it. Wow. <laughs> uh then Triple R Oh. Which is bomb we've spoken about
0: this, but I've never seen that. That's on Netflix. It's
1: on Netflix. Which is like a Bollywood film but yeah. on on all of the crack cocaine. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's uh again when we talk about what makes Top Gun Maverick fun, it's that sense of excitement of never having seen things before. Yeah. Like this is this is that. It's like I, I, I sort of like side eye like sort of contemporary like Western action films because I'm just like Go, you gotta look at that. Yeah. they're doing new stuff you know yeah. or like yeah. and, and it's nuts it's I mean none of it's logical yeah That's this is fun. RRR yeah there is no logic in this place yeah but uh, but it's really fun
0: okay okay
1: uh, then uh, no Baumbach's White Noise um, okay. which is oh. interesting yeah. oh yeah with Adam Driver and it's yeah. on Netflix yeah, yeah I was medium on it I love Noah Baumbach he's one of my favourite filmmakers Squid filmmakers. and the Whale Squid and the Whale uh, May of It Stories Marriage Story Didn't um, do Marriage Story Marriage I, Story's lovely
0: I went th- was going through a divorce at oh, that yeah, time yeah, yeah. and Not I was like I don't, I don't want to watch yeah. this
1: Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah just a lot of love for Noah Baumbach who's co-writing the Barbie movie with Greta Gerwig which, which isn't that one of the most interesting movies coming out this year? I am so excited. Also that it's been uh, programmed opposite Oppenheimer. They released the same weekend.
0: Oh. So it's Chris
1: Nolan versus Greta Goeg and I'm like, I am in. Oh, wow. Um,
0: yeah, this movie coming out this year is going to be the Barbie movie.
1: Yeah.
0: And... um. No one knows, and no one knows anything.
1: But it the trailer is ridiculous. extraordinary. Yeah, it's a the trailer is a riff on 2001: A Space Odyssey. Yeah,
0: with little girls bashing their dolls so that the Barbie can arrive, which is a giant Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie,
1: and and all it tells you is that whatever you're expecting it to be is not what you think it's going to be. Yeah, and that's that's exciting.
0: Yeah, because um, Barbie is a brand that's been very particular about themselves, mm. and in the wake of Women's bodies and evolution mm. and Me Too and they have evolved very mm. largely, yeah, to it. And so it's going to be interesting. But they're very particular. Yeah, they're very. They're very. Yeah, they're not going to let anything happen.
1: Well, and and you're looking at like you know. Not, they're not going to let just anything happen. Yeah, and like and like the movies that that Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach have have made together, like Francis Ha, which is an extraordinary film. Haven't seen Definitely that. Definitely watch it. Francis and Ha. Oh yeah, um, uh, like these are films that are about people who are sort of fumbling through life, and yeah. and like they're full of pain and pathos and all of that yeah. stuff. And they're writing a Barbie movie, guys. <laughs> What's it going to be? That's wild. <laughs> uh, and then the last one is Glass Onion, which I shared with my mum on Christmas.
0: Yeah. yeah, what do you think of Glass Onion?
1: Um, I prefer Knives Out. Yeah. Um, uh, but it, again, it was a really good time. I mean, uh, yeah. I, it's sort of. There is there is a couple of different modes of filmmaking that are really fun. There's um the stuff like Tar that is not fun but is yeah. interesting, where it's like it's like working on showing you like deep emotional truths about humanism and humanity. Yeah. And then like Glass Onion is just a puzzle box of like he's like, How many tricks can I pull? And he's very, very good at tricks. Yeah. And so there's something he, he being really being Ryan Johnson Ryan Johnson, yes. Um, there's something really, really lovely about watching someone. Do magic tricks, basically. Yeah, and when
0: the film itself becomes a magic trick. So, mm. like, you were shown something and then later you're shown it from the other side or mm. what happened a minute before or a minute after. Mm. And so you're being tricked the whole time. The whole time. It's, it's lovely.
1: And uh, and it's 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 also just, like, sometimes I watch things and go, God, that looks like a lot of fun to be involved with. Yeah. You know, like, that's... And Glass Onion looked like it was a hell of a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. No, and here's to many more because I yeah. know that... He he wants to sort of reinvigorate reinv- and reinvent each time, and yeah. there's a really great thing where he breaks down the scene. Yeah, I yeah, I it saw was that. that yeah. One of the channels on YouTube uh, gets to Fair. do Vanity Fair. Vanity Fair Get That's them to it. break down a scene where they've got a screen in front, and they allow them to sort of draw and yeah. you know show perspective and 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 just something as simple as that arrival scene. Yeah, and just you just realize how much thought and time has gone into like yeah. every single look glance track um, move and you take it so much for granted
1: totally and uh and i think like just uh, the other thing to say is he's got a series out which i'm desperate to watch yeah other oh, yeah. things to watch natasha leon in what's called poker face yes which is also like a crime of the week kind of
0: Okay, lovely. I'm,
1: de- I'm desperate to watch that. Where's that? So it's on Peacock in America, which means okay. I have currently no access. I'm hoping so that someone it's will. out there in the seas. It's out there in the seas. Um, but yeah, I'm waiting for someone to pick it up here so mm. that I can watch it. Magic. Sammo,
0: we always, whenever we see each other in busy passing, we always say, we should catch up. This was good. This was the catch up.
1: Yeah, we've done it. See (laughs) you in 15 years.
0: (laughs) No, well, these are treasured moments because we, you know, someone like yourself is just so busy. Someone like myself also moves around. And so, you know, these are, these are great moments to catch up and thank you for the time and thank thank you 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 for the visit. And I'm so excited and so proud of you. Thanks, buddy. And, and I just know that because of your work ethic and because of your the way you do things, that this is going to be the first of hopefully many feature films.
1: I hope so. Yeah. And
0: as I said to a friend of ours, uh, a mutual friend of ours, Bridget, who makes the lollipops we stuck here at the Bioscope. The very good lollipops. Very good lollipops called Lollipop the Lollipop, Lollipop League. League. Yeah. Um, and we were just sharing about the fact that we were so excited about your film coming mm. out, do your worst. And... Um, I then said to her, I said, I, I'm now excited to see a film you've written. Yeah.
1: Um, that's... And, I, and
0: I know that that's one of the next ones oh. that will hopefully appear soon. So keep going. Semi, Thanks, bud. No. All the
1: best. And to you. Good luck.
0: All right. What a marvelous chat. I, I learned a couple of new words. And I also, um just really appreciated just how much of an understanding Samantha has with what she's doing. Like not only does she understand that relationship and the role of cinema, but she also understands the role of the director really well, despite really only having this one feature film um, under her belt for now. There'll obviously be loads more, but it was just so great to to just see someone that kind of gets the pragmatism of it all, and and just yeah gets it done. It was inspiring, so I hope that inspires others out there that are perhaps also <clears throat> interested in directing or do directing, or um, one can take a lot from it. So thanks for listening. Um, my name is Russell Grant. Today on the show was Samantha Nell. And once again, her film, Do Your Worst, is coming to Netflix this Friday. So Friday the 10th of March. Be sure to check it out and give it your time. I I really think it's an authentic, unfiltered and exciting product that um, I think you'll enjoy. Uh, Right. Uh, This episode was edited by Graham Hackney. If you want to share the love, we are thevideostore.co.za and on that link you can find platforms if you aren't subscribed already and you can join our social media pages. We'd love to hear from you. Please feel free to chime in and tell us what we missed or forgot or got wrong and um, we'd love to hear from you. All right, uh, we will see you again next week. Thank you for listening. We're going to close up shop and go home now. All the best. Cheers.